Throughout this series, we sometimes use the words sexual abuse and sexual assault interchangeably. However, we recognize that these terms are not the same and have distinct definition. When we use the terms sexual abuse and sexual assault, we do so knowing that these are some of the forms of sexual violence. Sexual violence takes different forms, including sexual abuse, sexual assault, sexual harassment, rape, childhood sexual abuse, sexual exploitation, and more. For definition and research cited in the podcast, please see the episode description for links. Okay, uh, let's get into it. Thank you so much, uh, Ms. Sharon, for coming up on the show today. This is Unfiltered Girl Talk, and I'm your host, PJ. And this is actually our very first episode on our podcast, and it is one that we feel is timely. And I'm excited to welcome my girl here, Sharon, to the show. And it's a heavy topic, but it's one that needs to be had and is a conversation that needs to continue. So uh, in light of re- a series of recent sexual violence cases that has shocked Nigeria, and being a Nigerian woman myself, as is Sharon, we felt the urgent need to talk about this traumatic issue right away here on the show. And um, it's something that is a global issue. Sexual violence is a global issue. It is an injustice to anyone. And we must seek out an avenue to talk about it and to look for measures that can support victims. So if this is your first time on our podcast, I want to remind you to go find us on Spotify, Puppet Cast, or Radio Public and subscribe. So Sharon, how are you today? Before we get into the rest of the show, uh, how are you and um, how's your day going? I'm doing great. It's been a busy day, but so far so good. And I'm so excited to be here with you on Filtered Real Talk. Yeah, so this is where we get real and we're like, you know, based on our experiences and what we know and what we've seen online and research as well. So we will try our best and then bring something that you guys will find relatable. And I know it is a heavy topic and it's something very like sensitive, but we feel like it's something that we need to speak up about and bring up awareness because based on the last recent things that has been happening, it's more like prevalence that it's something that we need to try and address as best as we can. So I hope you guys sit back and enjoy the show. Absolutely. Feel free for no. feedback and comments and questions. We're here to answer them as best as we can. Thank you. Absolutely. And thank you for bringing that up. You know, we are not claiming to be experts here on Unfiltered Real Talk. We just want to have real, undiluted information, uh, communication, and just support one another. That's what we're here. Like, so Sharon is a social worker, and she will talk about this based on her experience as a social worker. Uh, I'm not. However, we feel that when it comes to issues that affect women, in particular African women, because we are African women, we want to go out there and find information, find resources, and come back to the podcast, talk about it, and see how we can strengthen and support one another. So thank you for bringing that up, and we're going to jump right into our first topic, ending sexual violence, which is going to be a series. And today we're just going to focus on definition and background of sexual violence, and in subsequent weeks, we'll, we'll continue to dive into other issues within sexual violence. So I'm going to read a definition here, Sharon, if that's okay. That's fine. Right in. Okay. I'm going to jump right in. And it is 
a definition from World Health Organization, and it defines sexual violence as any sexual act, attempts to obtain a sexual act, or wanted sexual comments or advances, or acts to traffic or otherwise directed against the person's sexuality using coercion by any person regardless of the relationship to the victim in any, any setting, including but not limited to home and work. And something else that WHO goes on to uh, talk about sexual violence is that it includes rape, defined as physically forced or otherwise coerced penetration, even if slides of the vulva or anus using a penis, other body parts, or any other object. So I know these are, you know, very detailed, descriptive information, but we do feel that we need to talk about it because later on in our show, we will raise some issues that we hear our fellow Africans, you know, comment on. We will raise some commentary we've seen in the media about, you know, what sexual violence is and is not. And so that's why we are kind of going into this kind of descriptive detail about what it is in terms of definition. Go on here really quickly to talk about the forms and context of sexual violence. Also by uh, WHO is, this is from them, and it says a wide range of sexual violent acts in different circumstances and settings. And these include, for example, rape within marriage or dating relationships, rape by strangers, systematic rape during armed conflict, unwanted sexual advances or sexual harassment, including demanding sex in return for favors, sexual abuse of mentally or physically disabled people, sexual abuse of children, forced marriage or cohabitation, including the marriage of children, denial of the right to use contraception or to adopt other measures to protect against sexual transmitted diseases, forced abortion, violent acts against the sexual integrity of women, including female genital mutilation and any obligatory inspections for virginity, and finally, forced prostitution and trafficking of people for the purpose of sexual exploitation. So this is a long list, and let's keep that at the back of our mind that this is not an exhaustive list. These are examples, and we are providing them to our audience today as a way to draw a clear picture and a complete picture. So just getting into the conversation here right away, Ms. Sharon, which, which one of these examples kind of struck you? And, and why? I think the one for me is rape, though. Like, it's one of the most, like, it's something that when you think about it, right? Like, sexual assault are like so many forms. It could be like sexual abuse and things going on. But the rape is the one thing that stands out because it's not something you hear, but it's something so many people experience at the same time. Do you know what I mean? And it goes from various, from little, as little as three months old baby. You hear some stories of three months old baby. To the point of That's even right. an older woman, but like, do you know what I mean? Because it's something that could occur to like strangers or people you know, right? It's something that is very trivial, but at the same time can be traumatic for someone, right? So, Absolutely. and and it also depends on the culture, right? In, in in the way we see rape, right? Like like rape is awful. It's one awful thing that goes on, but you find out that it's very common. People experience it. It's very common, and people don't really speak about it because of the stigma. So it's something Absolutely. that you see that sexual violence goes around and it's all over the world. It's not just in like, you know, specific places of specific, it, 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 it is Absolutely. a problem all over the world in, in like, you know, in most places and it's all over the world. And that's what we're trying to raise awareness to, to break the silence 
because there's one thing i've come to learn right as long as a secret is kept then it would keep happening but you need to blow the whistle to open up the hood and open up the cap for people to hear that this is a problem it might not affect you directly but it is happening in your in your environment your next door neighbor like it's happening close closer than you think so it's something absolutely i agree it could even be within your family and because it's a like secret. Said, it's kept so a secret everyone can go blind and be and like it's yeah happening. it's happening and then when you hear comments like oh it's normal that's when you're like what wait like what yeah. so i i i really appreciate that it, and, and we started out saying that rape is a global issue sexual violence is a, a global issue so it, it it's important that people understand that we're not just targeting nigeria in this um you know in this podcast but because we are nigerian women because we are african we feel like we want to you know you know as our people say charity begins yeah. at home we want to start from home to reach out to our people and help them out and then we can reach out to every woman so this is really important mm-hmm. for me i i have to agree with you rape was one that struck to me uh, but the first one that i read in the list rape within marriage or dating relationships because I know that a lot of us don't believe that a married woman can be raped. And I know we can get into this conversation later, but, you know, a lot of us believe that, you know, what are you talking about? That's mm-hmm. what, that. what mm-hmm. do you mean? How can he rape yeah. you, you know? And, you know, they laugh at it and, you know, and, and they trivialize it. And that is an issue. So it's, it, to me, I think that's the first thing that struck was that that's the first thing on the example mm-hmm. list here. And very quickly, I'm going to read some statistics around rape because I think it's important to to know this now that we understand the definition now that we have a picture of what some of the context and one of the forms of sexual violence is then let's talk about um, some statistics right to get a better mm-hmm. picture so here I have information from a World Health Organization as well and it says in some countries one in four women experience sexual violence by an intimate partner and one third of girls reported their first sexual experience as being forced. And we already know the definition, so we know this statistics fits just fine. Uh, another um, statistical report from a BBC article says that one in every three girls living in Nigeria could experience at least one form of sexual assault by the time they reach age 25. Uh, and then in yet another source um, says one in four girls and one in 10 boys will be sexually assaulted before the age of 18. Does this statistic surprise you? It's it's shocking to hear that it's that bad, but it's not like a surprise as to, oh, this isn't happening. We know it's happening, but just hearing it felt like no matter how much you know about these things, but hearing the numbers like can actually struck you because one in three girls before the age of 25 experienced sexual assault. Wow, that's high that's actually high and then one in like one in 10 boys before the age of 18 that is very high and very sad to know that this is happening in our environment and our culture and we we've we're literally like we let it happen that's how i see it so it is alarming hearing it but like being surprised no i'm not surprised because it, it is something that we're trying to bring up now because it is a problem and needs to be fixed Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more. So we started talking about consent and I think that is a good segue into into that. So tell me a little bit more about, you know, your experience as a social worker uh, and maybe just in your personal opinion, what you think consent is, what mm-hmm. that includes 
and then after that we can go into talking about you know what kind of complexities and what other issues do we feel um sort of provide um maybe a big clouding of understanding what consent is okay um, so when you talk about consent, right? Like, so like consent is a voluntary agreement between two people. So you're voluntarily agreeing to it. You're not implying, it's not implied consent. It's not silent. It's not drunk. It's not unconscious. It's not a forced. It is not forced. And it's not because somebody is wearing a mini skirt, then that's consent. That's not consent. No, <laughs> mini skirt is not consent. That. Unconsciousness <laughs> is not consent. That's right. Drunk. Or because you came to, let's be even more specific, because I showed up in a club with a mini leather skirt and red stiletto heels, it doesn't mean consent. that I'm asking Even if I raped. come to your house, you. it's not consent, right? Like, even if I'm drunk, That's right? Like, I came. Have, yeah, we get that. I like that you mentioned that. We get that. And when people say, well, why did you consent. go there? You know he's a boy. Why did you go there? So, so you know explain to me keep going those, i like this. those things have listed are not consent it's not forced right it is a, a voluntary agreement to engage in a sexual like in anything sexual fun if it's an activity or whatever the case is it is a voluntary agreement right sometimes it like you know depending on your cues like you know verbal cues can tell explicitly right and sometimes hearing it right just say just hearing the person say like you know just hearing it is also a different case in the sense that it's more comfortable to hear it than just assume that it just agreed because the person is silent that's not consent between two people and it's more like a, and it brings me down to fries but you know how you spell fries right f-r-i-e-s so fries that's so right. if you look like at that. if you look at when someone is giving consent is freely given it can be reversible right. it is informed okay. and e is for enthusiastic, enthusiastic and yeah. s is specific yeah. specific so That's right. if you think about it fries can come in and even if they agree to it at the beginning at the initial time they might the, the person said sure that you can go ahead but it can be reversed that's something to pay attention to is if they say no at some point Absolutely. then no it's no i know it can be difficult when you're in the moment but listening to people's needs and voices goes a long way so that's how like so when you're seeking con and it's okay to ask don't just assume ask if you're not clear ask for clarification ask and then we hear and i think i think that's really important is asking the question make sure that your partner feels comfortable in what you're trying you know or exactly. wanting to do right and if there's any kind of discomfort even if she does not explicitly say no because they could be different reasons why she may mm -hmm. not want to say no mm -hmm. right away such as she doesn't want you as the partner to be mm -hmm. embarrassed or to be upset but if they are giving you some kind of body but, language, yeah body right? language body yeah. language is different then maybe you know you need to you know pause and slow down and possibly completely pump the brakes mm -hmm. and stop yes. right and ask that question like you said like can i continue or are you okay is this not comfortable do you think we need to stop and in some cases even if the person is kind of like not explicitly saying no it is a no so even if you ask those questions like should i stop and the person did not outright say no doesn't mean you should continue yeah. like you just said you need to take the hint that they are no longer enjoying what you're trying to do and put an end to it true yeah so so talk about quick, really quickly run this again for our viewers you said fries, fries so is, freely given yes 
um okay. it can be re- reversible and um so fri okay. so reversible just means you know you started you said yes it, and then it can be like, reversed yes. and okay. it is informed then okay. the e it is enthusiastic and then specific so it's very specific to what the concept is about like they're very specific as to what they want and what it's about so that's how fries so just if you're looking at consent go with fries very specific so if i if you if i'm saying yes to making out but to not, sex um and that's specific exactly. because they're very explicitly as to what they wanted like you know i'm good with kissing but i'm not good with sex no penetration and and, and so now i I, I, I'm really glad where you're going with this. And I want to get into the Nigerian context. So we both live, you know, Sean and I both live uh, outside Nigeria. So we are not in uh, in the African environment. So I feel like sometimes the way we think uh, and possibly rightfully so is a little bit different, you know, the way we understand certain issues and certain, you know, certain worldviews and concepts, right? And so I want to bring this back to the Nigerian environment, especially for our nigerian viewers who are listening to this uh and and everybody else uh, as well how is this consent piece how do you think this consent is played out in the african context and more specifically in the nigerian context how do you do you think we talk about consent you know do you think parents talk about consent when your young boys and girls are growing up do you remember learning about consent you know i you know we i think we both attended uh, our elementary yeah. school in Nigeria and possibly our secondary yeah. school in Nigeria. So, um, do, did we learn about consent? Did I, you learn about consent? I know I didn't learn I about think... consent uh, when I was doing oh, biology. I don't believe I learned about consent. In, um, you know, in um, school, but... sex education class. No, we just know about the reproductive system and everything. But growing up. That's what, That's what I, I remember doing in school. But growing up, in terms of my parents giving me the sex education, which was so weird and always, if I can think about it. But we didn't talk about consent. <laughs> but the message is, don't let anybody touch you. If anybody touches you, you get pregnant. Like, that's right. just the message you get, right? So it's not... And even when you become an adult, it's confusing as to... When do you, like, you know, when do you give consent? Or even if you can give consent, because you find some people, I've had some young women that, that I've spoken to, they're confused as to if they have the power to still, like, say no, if this is someone that, you know, you're in a relationship with, right? And they start touching, even if you're uncomfortable. Some people don't know that they have the power to say no or even give consent about it. Some people just, just assume that it's, that it's pretty much fine to just, you know, show up and and then start doing whatever you want to do so it's not something that i grew up with like you know like being educated about it's when i became an adult and started to find information for myself was when i knew that you know you have the power to consent and it's not something that that someone would just assume and take away from you is you actually have the power to give consent and knowing what what that means specifically too right because it's not just saying okay yeah sure it's knowing what what it means if you give consent and what holds with that consent too, right? Because it's like consequences also comes after consent. So it's if you understand what you're consenting to, that's what also comes down into like the picture when giving consent, right? Because some people just assume, oh, it's fine and it's just us playing and things like that and they consent to playing, but they don't really, really specifically understand what they're giving consent to. So in the so going back to like the question that you asked me that, that you actually did ask i didn't grow up with you know in an environment where i knew what consent was or even knew that i could give consent 
So it's something that speaks to, you know, how we raise kids. And, I, and I'm not saying the same thing for everybody, but I'm sure some people would be, maybe there was someone in the family that explained it to them. But I know from my own personal experience, I didn't know what consent was until I became an adult. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree with you more on this. I don't believe I knew anything about consent or anything about sex as, 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 a, mm-hmm. as a topic or as an issue yeah. or anything actually when i was a young girl it wasn't until i was much older and i'm talking mm-hmm. university age that i started to understand these things from talking to friends mm-hmm. right and maybe sometimes in in school topics but it wasn't again like a discussion where you had to um really understand what that meant what your power is your mm-hmm. rights right and and, and what it, what what you can do with that Right? You were simply just thought sex mm-hmm. is a horrible thing. If you get touched, yeah. you get pregnant. Um, there was no real sex education in school and in yeah. a lot of homes. Um, personally speaking, I don't believe I had the sexual education talk um, with my <laughs> parents. I think the only type of conversation I have, especially I remember this vividly with my dad, is if you ever get pregnant, um, you know, I'm disowning <laughs> you and all these other um, things, right? To threaten you to never, true. you know, don't ever look at boys, don't ever, you know, and if they ever catch you, yeah, you know, this, talking yeah, that, to boys yeah. and hanging out with boys, you were, you were, you're you were in done, so big like, trouble. You know? So <laughs> you're in big trouble, you know. So my African sisters. I totally know what I'm talking about <laughs> right now. And I'm sure a lot of our um, black women too know this too, exactly too well. You know, so you just dare not do what your parents told you not to do. And unfortunately, you were not given a reason why not to do what you're being told to do. And perhaps if we had a little bit understanding of why, you know, they don't want us to do certain things, perhaps a lot of things could have been clear and certain things could be prevented. We need We need that environment. You know, we need that that culture where these things are explained and where it's okay to talk about this issue sex is not a a taboo right we need to talk about this what is a taboo and what is a crime and what is the injustice is when people Mm -hmm. get raped is when people experience any form of sexual violence that is a taboo that is the issue and that's what we are trying to talk uh in our show today so as um we are moving on from a con consent i also want to talk about rape culture we kind of touched on this as we were talking about how we grew up and you know and and those types of things so what is your understanding of you know the perception of rape in nigeria like what what is your understanding of that and and do you think there is a rape culture in nigeria if i'm being honest i would say there is like yes i would say yes And why? Why do you think there is a rape culture? It's how we perceive, like how we treat the victims. I'll put it that way. That's one of the things that comes to mind is, and sometimes if someone comes to meet you, this is unconscious bias, right? If someone just comes to meet you and tell you, if they summon the courage, and I I say this not with any light, like if they summon the courage to share with you that, oh, so-so-and-so, like, you know, they were sexually assaulted or someone did this to them. The first question that comes to mind, and this is most people, I'm, I'm not gonna. The first question that comes to mind is how. Like, picture you being a victim, that you're very, like, you're very vulnerable at this moment, that you're trying to, because it takes, it takes a lot of guts to open up, a lot of it guts to open courage. up, and you finally open up, and the person is now instead of them 
like you know trying to to like listen to you and to make you feel safe the things that come to mind is they become the interrogator how and where what were you wearing yeah. where mm. when where did it happen <laughs> what time like imagine okay. you someone sure? going through like reliving mm-hmm. their trauma by telling you the story and you're the first night is inter- mm-hmm. of course they shut down so basically the victims are never believed. even if they believe you but they go it's through a lot of interrogation to, to because it's mm-hmm. like it makes it creates a culture of some people would rather be silent than go through that pain of having you That's to right. doubt every story and this is something that i read there was an online story sometime where someone said she was raped and this is unconscious bias and that and that's why i say it sometimes comes out unconscious because you might not be aware of what you're doing until they call you out on it is people are looking for loopholes in the story do you know what i mean like they're literally right. people right. are that's not that's a really great people point. are not trying to listen to hear you out and help you as best as they can they're trying to find a loophole in the story to 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 figure like that's just how we've seen rape as something that oh it cannot happen to anybody except if you cost it so that's why i say yes. we do have a rape culture and that encourages because the more people the more victims are kept quiet then the more it keeps happening and those people that are actually like the abusers or the perpetrators that's the more they keep doing what they're doing because they always always they never get caught so instead of interrogating the victim try and make them feel safe there's a saying that i'd rather believe the story and find out it's a lie than not believing it at all and knowing it is true because like that's that's just that if until which until we start to address those incidents that way we we would never get to the the root of it and the root causes and i know sometimes some people say oh that we should try and, and then you know encourage our kids to talk to parents and create an environment but there are kids that have told their parents their kids or they they're like people adults that have shared with their family about what's going on with them but instead of of helping them resolve the issue they're like oh hush 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 nobody should know it's because of the stigma that comes with it is that the victim is blamed the victim like people don't want to admit that it is happening they want to find a reason to be like nah she caused it there has to be something she has triggered or or he and i'm not just going to say it's just men like just women it happens to it also happens to men as well is there has to be a reason like Absolutely. we spend more time trying to figure out and understand what the victim did wrong than trying to address this is horrible no one should go through it trying to find you it's know we need to fix the person needs absolutely. to be get caught and justice needs to be served that's what we need to spend half the time we're trying to find loopholes in the story that's how we need to pursue it don't that's how they say don't blame don't blame the player blame the game no this time around blame the person that did it mm-hmm. not the victim that's a good one you know that's a good one that we nigerians use quite quite often and i i i, I couldn't agree with you more there is a lot you know within the culture and the perception of rape itself do you feel like i when i look about when i think about rape culture in nigerian setting i also feel like the institutions don't do enough to make to criminalize yeah. rape right it's not looked at as a serious yeah. crime you know it's a crime that for whatever reason they think it's just nothing right like it's not a big deal people get, get over yeah. it and and people get raped it's come you know, on like, victims mm-hmm. get that yeah people, but you're not the that. first you person know, like, you, you know you yeah, might be the last you're not the first person and you yeah those kinds of comments trivializes the gravity of the mm-hmm. situation 
right? This is a horrific injustice committed to somebody, and yet it's completely looked at as something that is minor. So I think that is a huge issue when it comes to that, you know, thinking and maybe um, looking at Nigeria as a place that has a real culture, right? Like when we say, do does Nigeria have a real culture? The fact that we agree, I'm sure that somebody else can come on this show and say completely different. But this is our Mm -hmm. perspective. This is our personal Mm -hmm. opinion. And we do believe that it, you know, Nigeria does have a real culture because of these things that, you know, Ms. Sharon has listed. And in addition to having institutions that are completely, you know, dysfunction, you know, malfunction, these are institutions that do not do anything to support the victims. And there are institutions that have loopholes and are just completely not functioning. Yeah, and if you think about the institution, speaking of that, right, and we know we do have a sexual offense bill, like a sexual offense bill that was passed in 2015. And if I can remember correctly, right, we do have, and it has a listing of all the offenses and the crime and the conviction, if they're convicted and, you know, like punishments that, that they actually get. And this is something that if you, you have to go looking for it to find it. It's not something that most so many people are actually advised or even informed about and um and i agree with what you say that the institutions don't really treat this as serious cases but my question to that and this is something i'll come back to is why should an institution respect or treat it as a serious case if the people themselves don't see it as a serious case wow do you know what i mean because it makes me come back to because the people that make up the institutions are, are also people too like do you get what, like so they're they're, they're also people so they work That's in the institution true. with their own biases so until we begin to fix our individual perception and bias of rape then we don't expect an institution to work because they are also made of people that we that think the same so way. So charity begins. Uh, what I'm hearing you say is that at charity home. begins at home once yeah. again. So if somebody comes to you and they told you that this really horrible thing happened to them, your first thing shouldn't be to be biased no. or to think about how is mm-hmm. it your fault. You should, like you said, provide, provide them, them a, a safe, safe space. space. Listen. You know, first of all, listen yeah. to them. Right. So we need to start that start that first as individuals and mm-hmm. as communities. And then we can go out there and push the government we and can push, push the institutions. Exactly. And we can work with them as an ally because a victim doesn't have to relieve or telling the story. We can take it on. It's our fight because it could happen to me. It could happen to you. It could happen to your children. It could happen to any. This is not something that you think, oh, it's just always oh, specific people are actually going through it. No, it could happen to anybody. So until we start treating it as an issue, then it will be an issue that will never be resolved until it happens to you. So we need to actively, collectively work together because you, we cannot continue to stay silent. More people have to be aware. People have to speak up, pick up the microphone until they listen. Because if you can't tell me now if, if a million people raise raise their voices and, and demand change, you can't tell me police policing, like as security as a whole, we know investigate and people. And, and that person will be punished to the highest. Do you know why? Because the the they cry, they hear the cries of the people, they work for us. So we have to take this thing seriously for them to have it, to see it as it, 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 it is an issue. 
so it takes every bit every like nobody should form oh it's not my business you're minding your business this is not a matter of it's not your it's your business oh no it's not it's your business so we need to change from that whole it's not my like you know it's it's not my concern it's someone else's no it is our it's their private it's not private because for someone to violate your body it no longer becomes private it's public now it's public That's right. And this is, this is a really good uh, segue into the next thing that I had here. And then the last item I have today on our episode, which is what we have been hearing in the news. And like you said, you know, we need to take actions. I like how you said that it's a really good uh, transition to what I have to say next, which is we saw in the news, you know, over the last few weeks, maybe even a few days, a series, when I mean like a series, it's just it just not doesn't seem to end like one case after the other about sexual violence gang rape rape and all kind you know and mm-hmm. murder you know I, i'm you might have heard about justice yeah. for owa you know that happened i think it was may 30th and this is a young lady who i guess was i think in her final year of university studying law or something like that at university of benin and went to study in a church and I was um, raped mm-hmm. and murdered brutally. Uh, and then that was still in the news. And then I saw something else um, on the news about a 12 year old young girl who was raped by 11 men at different times, you know? And then there was the one about a two year old who was raped and then her mother said it was her fault, you know? Uh, and more recently, I, I saw in the news that uh, President Buhari has issued some kind of order asking the police, um, you know, investigative body to take action and to do something. And this was in light of the protests and the awareness and the outrage that has been raised by many Nigerians following this series of rape cases. And so it just completely aligns with what you're saying that we have to first take action. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing a lot more Nigerians taking action right now, coming out there to protest, going to talk to the media, right? Doing something to try to change the system. And and, and what do you think? Like, what, what do you think about that? I I think, okay, for me, the one thing that I, I find very... When you hear such actual stories, like, they're very sad. Like, you know, this is a very sad case and I don't even want to begin to think about their families and what they're going it. through. But the social media right has been able to raise awareness for these things that are going on right because it's everybody's behind the camera there's no one's face everybody's using different names that's the easier real names so most that has actually protected or actually encouraged a lot of people to speak up but my but my worry goes to how many people are on social media though do you know what i mean because what happens to the other percentage of people that don't even have access to these things so it begins to say that do we need to have social media for for the precedents to see this as an issue or to do something Mm -hmm. because what about those stories that go that actually go untold because they don't have access to a cell phone or like an internet so it makes me and this is why i feel and that and that's why when the stories had actually come up and then there was also so many like you know people that were also putting up stories about celebrities that have also done this to them and done that to them is it made me wonder that the story is shifting it's no longer for the voiceless because that's the whole point of this is we need to give people that don't have a voice a voice 
So now is the system is broken and needs to be fixed. So because of we have three stories that made it to social media, what about the millions of other ones that don't make it to social media? What happens to them? Like, but you can hear me, right? I'm still here. Hello? Okay, go ahead. So I'm saying like, what about the stories that don't make it to social media? The million of of, of other stories that that don't actually make make it to social media. So it makes me feel like the fight has started on social media. And I like the whole, like people are agitated. You know, people are really feeling the gravity. Let us shift it from social media to the streets. Let's just, you know, it should be taken to the home. And I hope it doesn't like the trend of people speaking up doesn't end here or it's just one of those stories and we move on it shouldn't be one of those stories and we move on it should be the story you take to your doorstep your next door neighbor like we are neighbors we are community we should start acting like that absolutely so raising Thank awareness so and keeping this up so that would be my own awareness is key absolutely mm-hmm. because when we begin to talk about this and and that is the foundation of this podcast is creating a platform where women can just come and talk about issues that are dear and close to your heart and together you know empower us to involve together come up with solutions come things that we can go back to the drawing board and improve upon you know our lives and our communities and so thank you so much Sharon this has been a fabulous first episode and I hope that we have addressed a lot of key things that came that our our listeners can pick back and um, figure out what it is that you're doing now that needs to improve and that needs to change with respect to sexual violence. And while this topic is still ongoing, this is only our first episode. I want to thank you so much for joining us for this first episode. Our subsequent episode will take this to the next step. We started getting into it and, and we were talking about what it is can we do. How can we create change? How can we implement a new uh, dimension of, of of love and community and sharing and, and being there for one another and not violence and these kinds of injustice against uh, women or, or men? And so in our next episode, we will be looking at the measures that we can take as individuals, as families, as communities to support any victim of sexual violence. And then we can go forward and look at a more macro level uh, picture as to what can institutions do, right? What can governments do to better support, especially within the Nigerian and, and African context, what can they do to support victims of sexual violence? So thank you so much once again, Ms. Sharon, for coming on our show tonight. It's been wonderful talking to you. And for our listeners, we hope that you have picked up one or two messages that you can take home and talk to somebody about and if you like to talk to us or you like to come on the show please visit us on anchor fm find us on spotify pocket cast or radio public or you can check us out on facebook and skype at unfiltered real talk and we will be more than happy to hear from you thank you so much and thank, thank you. you sharon thank you for and having me good night. you too You're welcome bye have a good night.